Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is Thursday, August the 9th, 2012, and this is episode 956 of the Survival Podcast. i got a great show for you today. It's uh, it's not often I get to bring you something completely new, at least completely new to me, and probably completely new to most of the people in the audience. Um, we set up this interview about a month and a half ago, and when I did, I didn't realize exactly how cool this was going to be. My guest today is going to be Mike Hughes, and he was a Season 3 finalist on Top Shot. Uh, he currently runs a company called Next Level Training. They offer training and training products. And uh, I thought, well, that's great. We got another great guy, obviously a very competent shooter to be uh, a finalist on, on the show like Top Shot. And uh, he's got a training company, so this will be great. I found out, though, as I began to research pre-show, do the pre-show research I do with everybody, uh, that he has a product called a CERT. And a CERT is spelled with a S-I-R-T, self-indicating resetting trigger. It is a very cool training product. I'm going to tell you right up front today uh, that after this show was over, I negotiated a deal with Mike to get a huge discount for member support brigade members on all of the products that they sell for high, what he calls self-diagnostic high-volume firearms training, including the CERT. And that is available uh, at nextleveltraining.com, and the discount code is already in your member support brigade. The discount code, folks, is 20.5%, 20.5%, call it 20 points. So it's a huge discount, and um, these are high-end training tools that run from a couple hundred to three or four hundred dollars. So that discount on one item pays for an MSB for a year on its own. So it's, it's a great thing, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about the CERT. Before I bring Mike on, so when he starts throwing the term around, it makes sense, and he'll explain it a little bit deeper. Uh, I'll do that right up front, even before I do um, the the you know the housekeeping. All the cert again, shot, shot indicating resetting trigger. Uh, these are available as handgun mock-ups. So this is like a mock-up handgun, completely inert, cannot harm anybody, and they fire a laser, but they fire with the trigger control. Magazine release, everything is exactly the same as, like, let's say a Glock 17, a Glock 22, that type of thing. And they got more models coming out, most popular handgun models. And again, the trigger functions the same way. That's very, very important. It allows a person to train with, and I'll let Mike go deeper into it, but train with the identical weapon and know exactly where their shots would have hit, be able to train for five minutes after work, you know, before you have your first beer, without any danger, without going to a range, what have you. Awesome, awesome tool. They also make a bolt. Requires a little bit of fiddling with to get it uh, calibrated the first time. But once it's done so, you drop it into your AR, and you use your existing AR with this uh, this bolt drop-in, and you can train with your AR. That's that's another really great tool. And Mike's also just a great trainer and has a great perspective on the firearms industry. And, again, I've gotten you guys from the Member Support Brigade a huge – to me, that's a huge discount. 20 points is a big discount on a product like this. And the second that this interview was over, I hit him up for it. And his uh, his web guy, Britt, set it up. They're actually sending a couple of these for me to do some uh, web uh, reviews for you with. So really glad to have Mike on today, not just as a uh, – as a great guest, but as a new partner in the MSB. Before I bring them on, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one today, silverandgoldshop.com. Hey, have you paid attention to where the economy is going? Have you looked at the national debt clock? 
I'm thinking precious metals should be part of your holdings to protect and ensure your future. And I'm thinking that the next time you have to go see maybe some nieces, nephews, grandkids, something like that, goddaughters, what have you, uh, maybe instead of bringing them a plastic piece of crap, especially as we get into the fall, we're headed there. I know it's still hot as blazes, but we're headed there. Thanksgiving's coming, maybe some people see the kids they don't normally see on Halloween, definitely uh, Christmas and all that jazz, birthdays, you name it. How about getting a really cool silver round from silverandgoldshop.com, putting that into a little hand and explaining how the value of that uh, coin will grow over time, just like their value as a person will grow over time. It's a great lesson, and it's something they'll probably have when they're 25, and I doubt they'll have many things with Mattel stamped on them, unless they collect Barbies or something like that when they're 25. So think about it for yourself, and think about it for the next generation. Silverandgoldshop.com, a company with the utmost in integrity and some really unique products. Check them out today. Next up today, the Berkey guy, Jeff Gleason. Now, what are you going to get from the Berkey guy? Hmm... Maybe you're going to get Berkey water filtration systems. Now, why would you do that? Why would you get a Berkey? Well, because it's probably one of the best products on the market. And even though it has a little bit of an upfront cost, it's one of the most cost-effective long-term water purification solutions you could ever have. And it looks awesome. Have you ever seen the stainless steel Berkey set up? It looks beautiful. And all you do is drop water in the top and get water out of the bottom. The filters last for a long time, and then replacing them is very affordable to do. So that's why you get a Berkey, because you want your water to be at its best in a crisis or just day-to-day. And a Berkey will help you do that. But why get it from Jeff? Why not go to the gun show and get it from that new guy that just showed up yesterday? Well, because Jeff's the Berkey guy. Why the hell would you get your Berkey from anybody but the Berkey guy? I wouldn't. In fact, I have a Berkey, and guess where I got it? From Jeff. And no, Jeff didn't give me one. I purchased it uh, as part of my vetting as Jeff as a sponsor. And uh, it sits in my office to this day, and we use it all the time. So uh, use what I use, a Berkey, and get it from the Berkey guy. And he's also got some other cool items for prepping at his website. You'll find him at directive21.com. That's the word directive followed by the numbers 2 and 1.com. Check him out today, Jeff Gleason, the Berkey guy. Next up, remember, you can get really cool copper rounds at tspcopper.com. I'll leave it at that today. But if you haven't checked out tspcopper.com, please do so. Talk about a low-cost, affordable way to get into uh, having some... Uh, some metal around uh, how about $34 for an entire roll of 20 of just about anything on there some of them are less and MSB members you get 10% off and of course there's volume discounts on top of that as well so check it out today tspcopper.com last but not least do consider joining the member support brigade if you'll do that you'll get exclusive content available only to members and you get discounts to a whole bunch of vendors like this one that I just negotiated for you on the CERT training systems uh, with Mike, who's about to be on with us a minute to tell you, us all, tell you all about them. Uh, but it's a great program. Military, law enforcement, Peace Corps, first responders, active duty or prior service. And I had somebody ask me the other day, my spouse is in the military. He's overseas. I'm home. Do I qualify? You bet your ass you do. Military spouses have an incredible level of service they provide as well. Um, being deployed is very hard, and being away from a spouse is hard, but it's hard on both sides of the ocean, folks. So, yes, you guys qualify. Just email me before you join. Tell me details of your service, past or present, and put service discount on the subject line, and I will send you a special discount code for the Member Support Brigade. that will save you even more money. With that, I've got it all wrapped up. Again, I want to bring Mike Hughes on now. He's a competitive uh, USPSA shooter. He's concealed carry instructor. He was a finalist on season three of the hit TV show Top Shot. 
He's also the founder and owner of Next Level Training and the creator of the CERT system that I've talked about. And it's being used today for what Mike has called high-volume self-diagnostic firearms training. And he's here today to talk to us about all that and more. Hey, Mike, with that, welcome to the Survival Podcast, man. Hey, thanks, Jack. Great to be here. So I was telling people a little bit about kind of your your, your bio and your background uh, before I introduced you uh, in the introduction segment. But uh, I'd like to start out with a simple question. I mean, you're, you're, you like to shoot, obviously, and you kind of do it somewhat professionally and all. Um, so how did you get started? How did you get into shooting? Well, that's a great question. I mean, really, really what drew me into shooting, Jack, was, was I guess, competition shooting. It really filled a void. I, you know, I played a little sports as, you know, background through high school, college and such. And, and I think there, there's this, this chapter in our lives in our thirties or forties where we're not, we, we don't have, we don't have an outlet and people turn to golf or handball or, or something. And, and honestly, what, what really got me I guess obsessive compulsive in shooting is just is it's a competitive venues between I think Bullseye and Speed Steel and finally found a little home in in Ipswich. Very cool. I mean, so you didn't you didn't really grow up with it then. This is something you picked up later in life. Uh, I grew up generally, you know, shooting the BB guns and twenty twos. I guess I, I bought a, a, a handgun right when I turned twenty one. Uh, but, uh, you know, at that phase, I, I you know, I, I would shoot probably like once a year, twice, maybe four times a year. You're a planker, uh, not, then, right? Yeah, planker, not structured. I guess a mild defensive shooter, you know, home gun, uh, home gun, <laughs> handgun, you know, home defense, but, but, but not near the volume, uh, I would say I do now. You know, you mentioned competition, and, and, and my thing that I love about shooting is, I don't really care if I shoot better than the guy next to me. I feel good when I do, but it's not really my big thing. My thing is always shooting to try to do better than myself the, the, the prior time. That's what does it for me. So I have read, you know, your stuff that you wanted to talk about here, and you wanted to talk about something called high-volume self-diagnostic training. So that sounds very cool to me. Can you explain what that is? Absolutely. And you hit it on the head. I mean, all competition is really about yourself. I mean, even like, uh, say when the Olympics, the Olympics that happened, you know, you'll take like a runner or, or Michael Phelps or whoever. I mean, they're competing against themselves. They know what their times are. I mean, I bet you if they run a bad time and they still got a goal, they're going to like, oh yeah, it came out, but geez, you know, what happened here? Like, why did I screw this up? So it's always, I mean, all about yourself. And and that's a beautiful thing with shooting. I mean, you can quantify a lot of your skill set. Uh, we'll talk more about this in a second. But I mean, you can quantify your draw and your reloads, and and then and then not just get good at drills, but really get fundamentally good at those skill sets. So you know, let me dub that, tell that into your question on high volume self diagnostic training. Um, you know, it's our philosophy to really find those deficiencies, unearth them. I think all too often in shooting right now, we set the conditions up to succeed, <laughs> which is good in what we do naturally. But but uh, something as simple as trying to crouch down or, or reach around a barricade or go strong hand only um, or, or change your cover garments for a concealed carry, you know, to something that's real practical you're going to do. You, you'll find so many deficiencies unearthed when you do that. And... And I don't mean to go too long here, but but I think the final point on self-diagnostic, um, you know, that comes a lot, honestly, from a dry fire. And, and of course, we use the CERT training pistols 
in that to to really find out where our deficiencies are, where we have bad trigger mechanics, where we're prepping the trigger wrong, you know, and when we should use more natural point of aim when it's close, or when we need more sights and trigger control on far shots. I'm, you know, those, all those all those skill sets. Uh, you know, a lot of shooters we can train that, and we can do it daily, and we can get really good without without necessarily huge time investment or even financial investment. Well, I really like you're talking about there though is like not just shooting in like these optimal situations. Like, you know, IPFC, it's it's great stuff, but you know, you're shooting with these these uh, like tactical holsters on the outside, and that's not you know, unless you're a cop and part of a tack team or something like that, that's not how a normal person walks around carrying their weapon. You, you know, you're right on that. And, and a few notes on that. I mean, in, in, in IPN, IPSIC, USPSA, uh, IDPA for that matter, you know, a lot of times you just carry from the holster on the side. Now, whether you shoot production class or open class or limited, you know, it's still, it's, it's not real practical. I mean, as far as, say, defensive carry and, and, and just carrying a pistol where, where we would practically in any, any survival situation or just daily life, it's uh, I go appendix, you know, and um, and to make that work, I do a lot of when I do my visualization of like visualizing like the front, I, I always do that training with appendix carry, you know, if I'm using dry or live, and a lot of my other shooting where I'm just you know drawing for competition, I'll go from my hip. Now there's a risk, all right, if I if I ever in a, a critical incident that I may go right from my hip, um, but if I do that, you know. What, what, I, what, I, what, I, what, I, what, what seems most logical is, boom, you know, you correct and you, and you go to the appendix. So it's going to be a little bit of a time hit there, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, but, I mean, the alternative is I'd never do competition and I get one fiftieth of the training as I do otherwise. So <laughs> sure. it's, kind of a, it's kind of a trade-off. And there's no guarantee I'll go from my hip because I would like to think or I don't know. You know, that's where i got to throw in the modesty. I really don't know. But I like to think that I would go for appendix carry because that's how I sort of visualized a threat coming. Oh, go to appendix carry, draw, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think when we get into any type of real-world shooting scenario, we never know what we're going to do. I was just at an expo, uh, and a guy was talking to me about the Colorado shooting. And he said, well, everybody's saying it would be great if there was some armed citizens there instead of, you know, no armed citizens there. But this guy had ballistic vest on. He had ballistic helmet on, you know, and if the guy's carrying, you know, a 380 or something like that, a small carry frame or even like a 9mm, odds are they wouldn't have penetrated. So if you were there, what would you have done? I said, well, I'd like to think what I would have done is started taking out his legs, you know, but I can't guarantee you that's what I would have done. But at least it's in, in your head when you train constantly that there's certain things that you adjust and correct for. And none of us really know if we would. You know, we don't. I mean, it's, it's and it's and it's one of those things like is some training meet threshold for 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 some kind of a crazy incident like that with someone highly prepared. I mean it it and and it's one of those I guess it's one of those things too. We can we can sit back and pontificate a lot on that. My philosophy on that is I'm going to carry you know Glock 19, carry the appendix. Uh, you know they they say that you know there's these signs that say you know you know no gun zones and all that, which is a whole other debate and discussion, but. But, uh, and, um, you, you, know, I, you know, as far as the preparedness for that situation, Jack, I think, I think, honestly, I'm a big advocate of working little scenarios, uh, amongst your friends. Um, you know, with our cert pistols, for example, we, we, there's a protocol to this for safety, 
But, you know, we, we have a cleansed area. We clean we, There's no weapons whatsoever, not even ballpoint pens in our pockets. Um, you know, and we're all fairly well disciplined. Uh, well, we're extremely disciplined on that. And uh, and we work little scenarios on one another in far shots and distance and with moving. And, and to me, that is a huge, huge way to bring all those skill sets together because all the mechanics we work in high volume, we chunk that. So we think draw, shoot. It's, 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 there's not a lot of thought going into that because we work on mechanics so much. Now the decision-making process and hitting moving targets and distinguishing threats, I mean, all that, all that can come into play. It's not a big amount of setup. I mean, in two minutes, you can set that up and, and get some, get some of that training in. And it's a lot when you're sitting around your friends at the barbecue, instead of just, again, talking about which is the best caliber, 40 versus 9 or whatever, 45. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, come on, fellas, grab a cert or what have you and, and, and do the safety protocol, get trained up. I mean, make sure that that's logged in. And, and get some get some reps in on that, you know. And you learn so much from that. Again, same it's the same concept of 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 looking in some ugly mirrors because you get your your, your coat snagged, you trip over a rock. I mean, it's 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 awesome to see where where our deficiencies are. But we almost got to have that attitude of 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 knowing like, wow, when we screw up, it's not it's not necessarily bad. Yeah, absolutely. Now you actually run a school called Next Level Training. What made you decide to uh, to do that professionally and, and, and start training people yourself like this? Yeah, well, really, our, our main revenue stream, our main our main thing is is uh, is a, is a training equipment. Uh, those are those are the search systems, a shot indicating, resetting trigger. Uh, I'll tell you what started that. I mean, my background: I was a mechanical engineer and a patent attorney, and in training hours for dollars, I did a full time patent attorney for about ten ten years, actually. And uh, when I started shooting, what I noticed was is a lot of the skill sets in shooting were not really about the boom, the recoil management. Uh, your grip and stance takes care of that, but I looked at draws, reloads, awkward shooting positions, um, you know, transitioning the gun, a trigger control, probably the granddaddy of them all, you know, your acceptable muzzle alignment as far as using natural point of aim or a lot of sights depending on the acceptable accuracy zone. And, and I look at all that, and I thought, geez, you know, we're not really training that in high volume. And I looked at it for more like, you know, playing football where you did tens of thousands of, of footwork drills as a lineman. I was a lineman back then in, in Idaho. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I thought, we're, you know, we're not really giving – we're not putting ourselves in a position to succeed in this endeavor. And, and I just started looking at competitive. I thought, well, probably law enforcement's really squared away. Well, then I look on that venue, it's like, holy smokes, you know, what – the deficiencies, and I'm not criticizing law enforcement, pick not the officers, but as an institution, the amount of training they implement is, is, does not meet threshold, in my opinion. And so, you know, so I really formed into, well, what do I need to do this? Well, I need, I need a, you know, resetting trigger because I don't want to rack the slide each time. And I'm going to need some kind of shot indication. If I don't have a shot indication where that muzzle is truly aligned, it's like shooting hoops, like shooting basketball without a, without a, without a rim. I mean, yeah, you shoot against a brick wall. You think your mechanics are good, but they really may not be. And this really drilled home. I remember this one day I was doing this left-right drill. Like I run five yards to the right, sit up and shoot, five yards to the left, sit up and shoot and go back and forth. I get cardio. You know, I work a lot of skill sets in a simple little drill like that. And I was running low on ammo, so I used this first proof of concept cert I had. And I, I'm doing this, Jack, and I set up, boom, I send it, and my side alignment looked perfect. My trigger mechanics felt great. You know, it's a, it's a hard target, about 15-yard piece of steel. And I missed it completely. The laser was off. 
But I checked the laser with the sights. It was dead nuts on. It didn't, you know, get dropped and get miscalibrated. So here, this was a huge revelation for me because a lot of people think like, oh, I'm doing good form with this drive fire. There are so many times I'm shocked when that muzzle, the alignment, you know, where the barrel's pointed, it goes off some random direction. Whether I didn't have enough awareness of the sights when I needed it, or whether it was a trigger mechanic deficiency, or I pulled off, or something like that, you know, the, the, all those all those um, things can surface. And and if we don't have that feedback, uh, there's a if we don't have that that feedback, you know, it's not as perfect practice as it should be. If that makes sense. So, you know, basically from there, I I, I you know, from that feedback from friends and 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 and, and close uh, people that's tied into you know, some, you know, government positions and, and, uh, you know, law enforcement and such. I said, geez, you got to do something with this. So we started the company next level training and making the, uh, the cert training pistols and then, then the, and then the cert AR bolts to retrofit to the AR-15. Yeah. And we've kind of tossed that around and it's probably my fault because I've been looking at your site in preparation for the interview. So, but I didn't really uh, ask that you fully explain exactly what a cert is. So could you give people like a, Know, understanding of exactly what makes this a unique training uh, tool. Well, I'll tell you, it's incredibly simple. I mean, it's built from the ground up, so it's no retrofitting to your live fire gun. So it's just an inert replica gun, same weight, same center of gravity. Uh, in this case, as, as the Glock 17 and 22, and we have the M&Ps and some M9s, some other versions coming out here shortly. But it's uh, it's really geared for picking the gun, picking it up and training within two seconds. And, 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 and there's a, there's a, in the pro model, there's a powerful green laser. So when you pull the trigger, uh, you know, bam, the green laser comes out and you line it with your sights generally. And there's a take-up indicator you use for some drills. And that's a red laser. So when you prep that trigger, okay, a red laser comes on and we send that at a six o'clock. It's, it's not in your sight picture. So it's not intended to be a sighting aid like a lot of lasers are. That's kind of a confusing point for a lot of folks. They're just looking at it. Uh, it's just to say when you're taking up that trigger. I'll circle back on, on why that's, why that's critical. But really the, 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 the concept behind it, and, and that's kind of why we say, Jack, where it is designed from the, the, it's designed from the range, not from the cubicle. Because, <laughs> The little features, like like being able to pick it up and train right away. I mean, I'm a huge advocate of distributed learning. That means that means a lot of short training sessions. So we'll get seven training sessions a day around the office, like two to five minutes, where we pick it up, we're uncalibrated, and I'll work some drill. Maybe crouching on my table, maybe a draw, penix carry draw, near far drill, some reloads, or something very integrated. You know, running around tagging the light switches. You know, a safety protocol in place. And, and the reason I can do that is because I don't have to retrofit to my live gun. Um, I don't have to have a live gun, so um, it's a completely cleansed area. You know, there's no, there's no firearms around. And, and that's really why I had to build it from the ground up to, 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 to have those, to have those, um, to have those features. Very cool. And these are available at your website, of course. Yeah, you know, website. And of course, we've got a lot of dealers and, and codes and such and NRA instructors. Um, the relationship with the NRA to, you know, for a lot of those instructors, uh, they, they use it in their courses, and you can use the codes to get discounts and such. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's available. Very cool. Now, I wanted to actually talk a little bit, if we could, about your experience as uh, a TV star. Uh, <laughs> you, you were actually uh, a finalist, uh, I believe it was season three of Top Shot. 
Yeah, that's correct. Yep. What what was it like competing in that environment? Oh boy, it's it's that's a rough gig. It's uh, I, it, as my buddy Britt, uh, our, our CFO in the company, Britt Lance, says it. Mike, this is probably the worst environment you know you could be in. I mean, it's you're you're locked away. There's no room for personal growth in there. Right? You can't bring anything in. You know, no cell phones, no no books. You know, you know, no no internet access or anything like that. And, and here you got to. Uh, you know, you got to engage with other people and such, and you're locked away for six weeks. Um, you don't train. I mean, you see a little bit of training uh, there, which which they do. It's well, that's that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's not high volume at all, you know. And you step out and you compete. I I mean, I definitely like the element of just stepping into something different, and uh, and just and just having to adapt to it. You know, whether it's throwing a knife, a rock, or or what have you, that's kind of it's kind of cool because there's so much downtime up to that. You're sitting in, you know, sitting and wait for a few hours, and it's just like, okay, we're set up, ready to go, bam. <laughs> so that's that's a unique probably element I'll never get again. Uh, but it's it's a great show. It's fantastic. It promotes firearms in a positive light. Uh, production quality and the and the and the and the creativity on the stages is just it's pretty amazing. Um, and, and I think the best thing about it, Jack, is I sat, you know, I've seen so many people, generally I travel, I do a lot of travel and I'll sit next to someone and they, and they, 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 they maybe recognize me and they say, oh my gosh, and they know that they've seen the episodes, they know it. And here this, this person, this, this, this lady, for example, never shot a gun in her life. And, uh, so that's the benefit to that show. It promotes firearms in a positive light to a massive, massively large audience, much bigger than, that I think the current industry really touches. So I mean, I actually really have enjoyed shows like 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 uh, like Cop Shot. Uh, also, some of the the build shows, like uh, the one I can't think of the name of the show, but the company that's on, featured on there is Red Jacket, because I think it is important that we start to get a message out that guns are not some big scary thing and make it a more mainstream topic because. There's been a lot of prop, anti-gun propaganda dropped on us for hundreds of years, honestly, but really heavily in the last 20 or 30. And that is very encouraging to me to see these shows like this. Because uh, it makes me think there's this one guy, I can't remember what his site is now, but he has an AR-15 standing in a corner in, uh, like in a gun safe with a light on inside it. And it's loaded, locked and loaded, ready to go. And there's a web camera on it, 24-7, 365. And the thing at the bottom says we're waiting for this gun to commit a crime. And and I think it's important that we get these positive messages out mm-hmm. like that. And that's a kind of a little quirky thing that guy did. But these shows, I think, are really helping people who otherwise would have had zero exposure uh, get some exposure. Most of the people are gun nuts like us, right? But I think yeah. there's a lot of people starting to watch these shows that maybe really knew nothing about firearms. You're absolutely right. And, you know, and... and and it's keeping this balance, I think. I mean, we have to understand the Second Amendment is not about hunting. You know, the Second Amendment is about keeping the government in check. <laughs> you know, so we, we can't lose sight of, of those very fundamental principles. But at the same time, we don't have to be, oh, too, I don't come across with that message too excessively. I mean, we can look, hey, look, guns are an absolute fantastic uh, endeavor to master. I mean, it's it's a great skill of speed and accuracy and body control, and you know, you know, it's it's a great it's a great it's a great endeavor whether you take it as a sport or just a you know activity you do with your family or kid, 
You know, it, it, it expands your circle of influence. I look at it. You know, my Glock 19, I got a 50 yard circle of influence to putting a little projectile within an eight inch diameter very consistently on a lot of different, uh, conditions. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. And, and of course there's a defensive element, home defense and, and, and I think it's the biggest thing, which, 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 you know, again, this is a big thing to crack the code on, but to get people just more self-accountable and firearms are one way of doing that. But in the bigger picture, it's, it's how do I drive to a hospital faster? How do I have some preparation for some kind of adverse condition, whether it's a massive earthquake, you know, uh, you know, something like just to, just to have some bleach ready, have some extra food ready, you know, there's a lot like, like, like where your passion lies. So, you know, I guess to, to bring that back, to bring this back in focus, I mean, guns, there's a lot of messaging we can do, I think, to the broad populace. And I, I really, I take umbrage when someone says, well, it's, you know, people are, you know, a lot of, you know, guns are never going to take off as a, as a mainstream sport because it's just not politically correct or this or that or whatever. And that's kind of BS. We can't just, like, sit on a laurels like that because there's 52 million handgun owners in the U.S. That's almost Not to mention there's guys out there competing for and winning gold medals in shooting sports right now as we speak. Absolutely. And and unfortunately, that's not the kind of pistol craft action with high calibers like I would like to see because of international issues of, of that and such, you know, like an into competition. But that's just unfortunate. But, yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, those, 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 those sports, those endeavors are, are fantastic. And, and when we make our training a little bit more well-rounded, right now there's a little bit of a dichotomy with defensive shooters and competitive shooters and and such. But but the reality is, in competition shooting, we're mastering uh, the mechanics. And when we chunk those together, it dovetails nicely into defensive shooting, where you have to bring in these other elements of the decision making and the ability to perform with really any weapon, a very fungible skill sets, uh, works in any environment, mental state, um, or stress level. And and you know and, and then and then kind of merge all that together so you can you know be highly competent, highly safe, highly proficient with uh, with with rifles and pistols. I've also always said it's probably the best thing in the world we can do for the Second Amendment is to take uh, anti-gun people to the range and let them shoot. I, I think the biggest problem most of those people have is they really don't know anything about guns. They're afraid of them. They're, it's scary to them. And the reason they're so up for banning them is because of ignorance. And when you take them out and get them to shoot and give them some confidence, they start to understand uh, the, the purpose of a firearm in the first place. It, it can be anything from putting food on your table to defending your family to protecting your community. And when a person's empowered that way, all of a sudden it starts to matter to them. It, you're right. And, and lack of familiarity is the biggest issue there. I mean, I use this example a lot. I mean, let's say you're 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 going to review Earth as an alien coming in, completely objective, all right? And I'm going to describe it to you and give you a report. Say, so, well, you know, they have these items that they use expanding gas. They're called guns, and they send a projectile, but you got to load it. You got to do this manipulation racket, and then you point it and pull the trigger. And here's a safe. Oh, okay, that's an interesting device. You know, it's used for this and this purpose. They also have these other things called, uh, you know, wheeled vehicles or transports of their cars. And they pass each other at like 60 miles per hour. And if you do a motion where you look down and turn left, boom, everyone in the car dies and the other person. You know, if you can kind of imagine, you, sw- you swerve, swerve off, run into a truck, you know, a simple swerve of the steering wheel, a little negligence. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, you look at that and you think, holy smokes, you know, and that's their main transportation. Oh, yeah, you know, 10,000 people, you die from these, X number, and this and that. And like, whoa, you know. And yet they're very, you know, point being on that is, 
is we're very used to automobiles. Um, this is because we do it daily. It's part of our, you know, it's part of our commerce and getting, you know, everything. It's very integrated. Uh, but yet they're exceedingly dangerous and take an exceeding amount of skill and there's huge stakes every time we step in that car, just bring our kids in the parking lot for that matter, right? So, and I'm not dissing automobiles or say, we, you know, we, we, we change our transportation system right now, some kind of, you know, crazy hippie, but, 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 but the point being is we can take, you know, if, if there's a little bit more familiarity with guns and, and how you use them and, and, you know, and learning muzzle awareness and trigger finger discipline, I think the two granddaddy um, elements of the four safety rules. And, you know, all of a sudden it, it's not, it's not that foreign. It's not that big of a deal. It's not, you know, it, 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 it's understood. It, it, the fear factor behind it is diminished greatly. And there's a lot of drills. And, and that's why I'm a huge advocate. I'm not trying to plug our product too much here, but, but of using our certs, because I mean, you get that in the hand, it can't go bang. And, and not to, again, you know, um, well, to, to talk about female shooters have, who are new may have a little bit more apprehension, all right, but generally sure. not to, not to, not to, uh, be improper there, but, but you put that in, and, and if they sweep you with the muzzle or don't get their finger off the trigger, you just, you know, you correct that. So they build in those, those skill sets, those safety skill sets. Then you can work the mechanics. And then I'm not kidding, you can get into quote advanced stuff so quickly as far as a little bit of movement and decelerating and, and shooting and, and have, you know, do, uh, do drills where you have live, well, you have basically, you have live targets pass in front of one another. So you learn, you know, not to muzzle, you know, sweep that person. And you're doing it, and it, with cert pistols, it's completely inert, completely safe. You're not doing force on force. And, and all of a sudden, their confidence level goes through the loop. You go live, Double plug, you know, you, you, you learn how to manage that recoil with proper grip and stance. And in a very short amount of time, you can get a very gun-hating person proficient. They get it. They're safe. They're, they're orders of magnitude safer. And, um, and they're on that glide path to, to not only like, you know, pursuing pistol craft potentially as a, as a lifestyle, but, 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 but not to bash it, to really understand it and, and, uh, and not, and not, you know, you're not sabotaging it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I'll tell you, as, as the person who's taught people to shoot myself, when you put a gun in the hand of a person who's not confident, um, it's it's kind of in, it makes you kind of on edge as a trainer yep. because I don't know what this person's going to do. They could turn around and shoot me if I'm not on it every step of the way. So I'm more intense as a trainer where yep. I've never used one of your certs, but I, they look absolutely awesome. Uh as a tool, but I've done it with airsoft, and you know, if all if I'm wearing glasses, if you shoot me with an airsoft pellet, I'm going to be pissed, but but I'm not going to be dead or going to the hospital. And it makes you as a trainer a lot more relaxed because my wife's actually sitting here listening to this training, and she knows that if she does when we're out training, if she does anything that I find unsafe, even a little bit, I'm kind of onerous. Uh, but that's because lives are on the line. You just don't do certain things. And like you're saying with an inert tool, you still don't let the student do those things, but you're not crapping a brick every time they get close to doing one of them. So that yep. makes them more relaxed, so they learn better. That, that's exactly. I mean, that's exactly it. It's uh, it, yeah, and, and you can. And sometimes it's good to get that training off the range beforehand, where there's where there's still a little bit more, a little bit more comfortable. And and I'm an advocate. Uh, you know, what's that environment set of of really pushing the envelope? Um, for example, I'll do like a circle drill with a circle in front of one another, 
And so there's a, it's, it kind of goes beyond the scope of this, perhaps, but with the disturbed muzzle picture and such, they, they, they learn a lot of mechanics. It's not shooting on the move, even though you are doing it. That's not the purpose of that drill. But one of the main purposes is learning muzzle awareness and trigger finger discipline. Discipline in the sense of getting it off that, off the trigger, off, off, uh, off, not, not within the trigger guard at all and along that high slide position. And, you know, doing that drill with new shooters, you can talk about, you know, the, the four safety rules, the NRA rules, to the nth degree and the cognitive level, but until you get into that, that tactile, that, that, that hands-on level and that effective level where, where they see the ramifications of that, because they'll screw it up. They'll sweep themselves, they'll sweep each other, they'll sweep mm-hmm. their legs and someone in front of them. And you remind them firmly but gently, not so firm and like a, like a jerk where you, you know, they start to really, you know, not liking the whole environment, the whole process. And, and bam, you know, from that, from the, from that, from that drill, from those corrective standpoints, um, yeah, it's a great glide path to get on that range and just, and just really start integrating that recoil management with, with proper grip and stance training becomes just extremely natural. But, but like you're saying with the inert tool to begin the training with, when they make those mistakes, you can be, you know, corrective, but relaxed. Where when a mistake is made with a live firearm, you're not gonna be relaxed. You can't afford to be relaxed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's a risk and reward. Yeah, you just can't do it. You just can't do it right off the bat with a live firearm. Yeah. So, um, my other thought with the, getting the non-shooter shooting is if you get a non-shooter shooting, eventually, then they go out and become a gun owner. And then a gun ban involves their personal property being taken away. And all of a sudden it becomes important to them to protect that because we protect that which we own. I agree. I mean, we gun ownership. I mean, responsible gun ownership is is huge, and and probably, you know, probably the thing I I don't really wrestle with, but but gun ownership has to be unimpeded by training, uh, because then I put a restriction on a right. However, however, I am a huge advocate of, of uh, gun owners getting as much training as they can as their motivational currency allows and budget and, and what have you. So I, I guess I guess my thought on that is is responsible gun ownership um, where where you, you know you, you just you just understand like the safety you know discipline we just talked about as far as handling the gun, how to keep it in your house, how to keep it loaded properly in a safe, uh, with proper protocol of not you know with the locking and what have you. Um, you know, all that, all that is critical to, to mitigating, like, the, the, the costs, the societal costs of, you know, catastrophic events, and, and just really trying to chip, the, chip, chip away at that to eliminate those, uh, those, uh, the, you know, the, the, the bad things that happen with, uh, with guns in the house, which, again, we've got to put it in context. I mean, you know, swimming pools are responsible for, like, five-fold number of deaths, you know, with kids and, and firearms. Um, but obviously banning the swimming pools, I think, you know, we're going to have a lot more deaths because they're so incompetent to swim, you know, it's, it's that yeah. backpedaling. And same yeah. thing with guns. We, I think we've, I think we've, I think with our nurses in the right direction, but I think we've got to push hard on the ownership and, and that, that training that, you know, that getting them used. And, and that's where competition, I think, comes in big because, you know, you know, we have different motivators, you know, and, uh, you know, being motivated for home invasion, we, we can kind of do that to a degree, but when it comes to, say, something like shooting speed steel, you go to a local club and you ding, 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 you know, you, you, you hit those plates, 
is it complete gun training as far as you know, all the skills you need? No, but it's it gets you out there, it gets you using it, it gets you gets you more muzzle awareness, um, you know, some of those safety elements. And it's fun, man. It's I was going to say, that's the big thing. It's fun, right? I mean, it's, it's and you absolutely. meet people that are gun people. So for my community, that means you're probably meeting people that are preparedness-minded as well. I think so. I really think that comes hand-in-hand. Hand. I, I think that's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it, there's a lot of good people in a range. And everybody's so polite. It's amazing. You go to a place where everybody's armed and everybody's nice to each other. <laughs> yep, and I never lock my car at the gun range either. It's always it's always kind of open, you know, and so yeah. it's just it's what it is. Yeah. Now, on your training, you have something called certification camp, and it's spelled S-I-R-T, which is this training tool that you guys have come up with. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, let's, we're, we're really developing our curriculum. A lot of what we're focused on now is train the trainer. And the reason is, because the problem with our, our pistol and our, and our AR bolt which retrofits your AR-15, so it turns it into a, a resetting trigger and, and shot indication um, device. So you can get more training with your AR. You know, the a lot. It's so simple. The tools are ridiculously simple, but yet it's the training value that stems from that uh, sort of gets lost in that simplicity. And this might speak to our society a little bit. I mean, it's almost like we think we need more wood wire and gears to have something better. Uh, like take like all the machines like back in the 70s and 80s for workout, you know, like we have all these machines. Well, now CrossFit comes along and look at the kind of workouts we can get with, with the bare minimum of equipment, you know. You know, and, and now granted, like there's a there's surgical use of, of, of you know, a lot of, lot of technology and, and there's times we, we don't, you know, we just don't need it. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't need a whole stadium and, and, and a whole court to get where he was. He just needed a backboard hoop, hard surface, and a ball. You know, and his near near his, his home there. So, you know, the certification camp it really lays out, uh, you know, some of these principles of 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 the diagnostics of diagnosing trigger mechanic deficiencies, diagnosing when you need that natural point of aim, like when you should be prepping that trigger and when you shouldn't. Like for example, when you're presenting the gun, uh, a lot on class logistics on how you can you know get some of your modules in in a class and get it going. Uh, you know, get some of those. You could get, make the class more interesting, in particular, like say, for example, standard NRA courses, and and some cueing points of how to how to um, you know get what you want out of the students, or even simple drills like hitting the front of the muzzle to to simulate some recoil and missing it every now and then to so they get apathetic to the recoil, so you don't you know because you don't contract more muscles or less when you when the gun goes off. So there's some progressions you can do, baby steps to to bring someone in a perfect glide path to, to manage the recoil. So point being, there's a lot of little modules in that, in that, in that course. It's a two-day course, uh, mainly for, mainly really geared towards, towards instructors and trainers. And we're looking at reworking that curriculum right now to be a little bit more specific on the law enforcement side and, a, and our instructor and, and what have you. And you guys, for people that maybe can't travel to you guys, you guys do uh, video training as well? Yeah, I'll tell you what we're looking at. I mean, right now, it's hot, it's just out, is, is, is this, these e-learning tools. And, uh, you know, e-learning's been out there, and, but really all it is is more interactivity. Like, like you click this, then you get this result. So instead of just doing just files, like, you know, pumping out just three minute, five minute, two minute videos on YouTube or, or anything, 
that's old school. Now I think the next phase is, okay, I got that, boom. Let me click here. And and, and that, that interactivity, uh, again, it makes it fun. We've got to be real on this stuff. I mean, we've we got to be engaging to, 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 every, to all shooters to, to, you know, to make this training sustainable. And also, you know, intermixed with that can be a little test. I'll tell you one thing I see, like, across the board with Pistolcraft um, and in where it's even utilized professionally is people don't like to really, you know, as I say, show their ass. <laughs> it's, and that is so critical for personal <laughs> growth. And, and, you know, so there's something about doing some drills, recognizing deficiencies in private. And I know everyone's like big, tough meat eaters and all this and that, but I... Yeah, that, that's great, but it, I see a huge issue with... That's a, I mean, that's I, put it this, I always growth. put it this way to people. Just go ahead and understand that you're going to make mistakes and don't be embarrassed by them, because if you didn't make any, you'd be rich as hell and be the top shooter in the world. So as long as you're not that guy, uh, we can all accept that we're all going to screw things up from time to time. Yeah, ex- exactly. But saying that in, and then having it implemented where people are truly... So it's truly willing to hang it out there, and it was kind of like on Top Shot, you know, that's just kind of the epitome of that show. You really hang it out there, and, and you show your tail to 2.5 million people. Plus, they do stuff like, okay, you're a great shot with a pistol, but here's a bow and arrow you've never seen before, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, but, but uh, you know, so point me on that with the, with the learning, circling back to the, the learning, like I'm, I think there's just so much more we can do in pistol craft to 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 get that higher volume training and get that that technique, get that self awareness of when you have issues. So, for example, if you're you know hitting it and you have what we call the laser sweep, you know we want dots, not dashes. That's generally a trigger mechanic deficiency. Oh, I didn't know I had that. Well, how do I remedy that? Well, let's make every rep better. You know, here's some cueing points, how to engage a trigger, and here's where you aim for it on the back part of your hand, and, you know, try that. So you're, you're breeding all these skill sets into subconscious competence. Because, you know, let's face it, when it comes to shooting, there's competition, or for your life, you, you're not thinking. You know, you, you, you gotta rely on these, these neural programs you're programmed in, uh, with, through this high volume training. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I, I think that you're really onto something there because I know for a fact I've talked to certain audience members about going to training. Uh, Frank Sharp Jr. at Fortress Defense is one of my sponsors. He does a great, you know, entry level pistol uh, tactical training course, and I've talked to people that have just flat out said, "I don't feel that I am uh, good enough with a gun yet to go to a training like that. I don't want to be surrounded by everybody and holding people back and be like that guy or that girl in that class." And my response has always been, "Just go. They're great at it. Sometimes." You know, as a trainer, sometimes a guy that doesn't know anything is better than a guy that thinks he knows something as a student. But I think if they could take, if people could take trainings like this and develop some confidence, it would lead to an overall better experience. And most importantly, some people that would never go eventually will. Uh, you're absolutely right. And, and again, there's that, there's that little bit of apprehension because what's, here, here's a big, here's the big issue, Jack, I see in the gun industry is, Almost like we're we're fighting over this small pie, you know. Not not us, for example. I mean, but 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 instructors are out there and 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 fire even companies and equipment, you know. Completely. Whereas, I, I we we got to grow the pie. I yep. mean, get Susie Homemaker out there, 
get her to the speech deal with her husband. You know, it's fun. I, I've seen that a lot, like where these empty nesters will come out and somehow they got into it. And this is with no marketing, you know, no marketing of speed steel. But, and they love it. They get a 22. It's inexpensive. It doesn't, it's not obnoxious. They're working a lot of good skill sets, you know, and it's so affordable. It's, it's affordable, all, all those things. And, you know, and, and the problem, and there's a lot of issues too. Like all of a sudden, well, but you're not worth training this and this and that. It's like, yeah, you're not. But, you know, it's a start. I mean, we're, 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 we're moving it, you know, we're chipping it further down the fairway in the right direction. And, and it's, you know, it's 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 a big nut to crack. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it makes me think. It, it seems unrelated, but it's the exact same thing. I had a friend, a good friend of mine, that passed away a year ago. It was a fishing guide, and there was all these fishing guides on this one fishing forum that was kind of local to the Texas area. And they, a lot of them liked each other. You could tell a lot of them hated each other because they were all getting their business from this one forum. People would come there to find places and hire guides. So they were fighting over this little bitty group of people. And I'm like, a lot of you guys living in and around Dallas-Fort Worth, there's 6.2 million freaking people there. Some of them yep. fish. You might want to go out and, and market to them a little bit. And I think there really isn't a lot of marketing being done by training schools and things like that right now that say to the person that's never shot before, come learn to shoot. Not just come become a better shooter, but come learn to shoot in the first place. And that is the growth market. And I think in this economy, I don't care what business you're in, that needs to be um, what you're going after. The reason I got out of corporate America and, and, and you know corporate sales was because I got tired of that very thing. Big companies thinking about what's our market share versus how do we make the market larger. Exactly, exactly. And and again, when someone we get confronted within our our our, our peer group and stuff like, well, it's just not politically correct. It's not going to grow. I absolutely call bullshit on that. Because I, I threw the stat out before, 52 million handgun owners in the U.S. You know, that's a big market right there. A lot of them don't shoot. They, and they're, they're this, what we're talking about. They're not, they're not really in the shooting circle of going to that school or getting proficient. They just kind of bought it and it's in the safe. I'd say probably a good majority. So that right there we, it can be grown into because they already got the gun, you know. Now we've got to grow beyond that. Uh, you know, and get those people that don't even own the gun, but 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 they have some inkling and 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 are ripe to with the right messaging and the right exposure to it. So, yeah, it's it's it, there's a lot of potential there, and, and it's it's kind of it's kind of like I look at it too, Jack. Like uh, you know, like firearms can go big the same way, just like say the World Series of Poker. Let's just think outside the box here. Poker is sort of a nostalgic old west cowboy thing, and. And look how big that has, that has become just on ESPN, too. Oh, it's become and it huge. engages me. Oh, it engages me. I look at this. they got the odds. It, it make it entertaining enough for it to meet threshold where, where you do, you know, suck into it a little bit more. Well, you know, shooting, I think, is on the brink of, of breaking through like that because it's nostalgic. You know, guns have been around. You know, it's a Kentucky long gun or the, you know, the cowboy gun and up through. And, and uh and we see, we're seeing it right now. We're seeing it with Top Shot. We're seeing it with Top Gun. We're seeing it with some other shows, you know, uh, George Rhinos and stuff. So it's, there, there's, there's, there's some good stuff coming, but, but I, we, we just, I guess, I guess we've got to keep that open mindset that look, we're, we're growing that, we're growing this market. You know, we're not all, you know, trainers aren't, you know, fighting over this, this small little piece of pie. Yeah, I, and I think there's like there's an opportunity that's also part of the problem. Um, when I was a kid growing up in Pennsylvania, if I wanted to shoot, I walked out my back door and I shot. And my dad still lives in that house. 
And you can sort of still do that there today, but it better be a 22 or something like that. If you start ringing rounds off with the 06 or something like that, somebody's going to call somebody and complain. When I was a kid, you know, this is not, I'm only 40 years old, so this is not that long ago. I'd walk up the mountain with a 22 on my back, and as I'm crossing, there was like cut through some neighbor's yards and all, a shortcut over to this mountain I used to walk up of. And, and if, it, if anybody saw me and did anything, it would be like a neighbor like waving me over because they had a groundhog and they wanted shot. And today, if I went to that same place and walked that same path, they'd probably call the police. So it used to be that, especially in rural America, there were just plenty of places where people could go shoot. And today, that, that, that has collapsed down a lot more. So there's not as many places for people to just go out and shoot. But for trainers and range owners, to me, that spells a lot of opportunity if they make what they have available a little bit better known. And, and frankly, instead of like a lot of people fighting for the little pie, I think we need more ranges, more trainers, more businesses like this entering the space so there's enough of a market growth opportunity. So that kind of the rising tide all boats thing. I agree. I mean, I agree absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's just like we, we have all these golf courses around and nothing against golf, but to me those are potential shooting ranges. <laughs> well, and then you have to ask yourself, how big of a sport would golf be if we got rid of 90% of the golf courses and there were only 10% of the courses left for people to play on? Even mm-hmm. if people liked it, if it was ex- a lot more expensive, a lot harder to f- get a tee time, whatever, people would play less golf. I'm with you. I have no use for golf. In fact, this is like a thing, anybody that's out there that's like a salesperson or whatever, I used to travel New Jersey and places like that, and it was hard to bring a gun with you, but there were ranges there, and I had clients that would want to play golf, and I'm like, let's just go skeet shooting or go trap shooting or go you know, shoot field clays or something like that. And I would take clients, and it was neat to them. A lot of them had never shot. You rent a gun. They have a safety officer there to explain everything. You don't have to bring anything with you, and that introduced people, and it was different. It wasn't another game of freaking golf. That's fantastic. No, that that is see, and that's and that's the kind of thing. That's kind of the grassroots efforts we need uh, in the shooting committee of 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 bringing people out there, and you know, and that's where I'm. I'm I don't shoot speed steel, but I'm very fond of that discipline because it is low barriers to entry. A twenty two is all you need. Uh, it's very immediately reactive. You can even Use a buck mar- or you know any kind of any kind of pistol with a dot on it, a red dot scope, so that you, you gotta learn side alignment and stuff later. But you know it, it lowers the bear's entry again, uh, and bam, you know it's it's fast, it's fun. There's not a lot of setup in between, like you know overhead you have with USPSA and everything. And and I swear, like to to me, I think one of the, the shooting sports that could really take off and become mainstream, which I would love to see a lot of ranges and more ranges open up and utilized. Is uh, is speed steel? Yeah, I'd like to see anything with reactive targets. So I don't care because I know mm-hmm. for a fact, working with people like working with my wife, we shoot paper. She's like, okay, yeah. but if I yep. set up like a, just a few little wood blocks out our our back door and hand her a Ruger ten twenty two, and they're flying through the air, she enjoys it more. And whatever gets people shooting, as long as it's done safely, is is fine with me. Exactly, and you mentioned some good ones there too. And I don't mean to just pigeonhole you speed steel, but silhouette. Uh, yeah, got some of those rifle craft ones. Yeah, that's in the end too. All shooting is good shooting. I think one other kind of issue in the industry is 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 like, well, someone's maybe a shotgun or within shotgun. Oh, they're skeet and we're try, you know, whatever. Or you know, there's these little kind of factions, you know, kind of grow and and it's just like if, you know, everyone like. 
you know, let's, let's all have some cross respect here for, for, uh, you know, other disciplines or, or even if you're not in a discipline at all, you're just a, a general enthusiast, so. Yeah, I guess there's some of that, like, um, like click nature stuff, you know, like, you know, we're, we're trap shooters, you know, or, or you know, we, we're, we're speed steel. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you that we all need to respect each other's disciplines if we are, in fact, you know, kind of anchored to one or two that we really love. There's nothing wrong right. with loving it and evangelizing it and all, but like you said, all shooting's good shooting. Yep, exactly. That's it. Yep. Yep. So you want to tell people how they can uh, – one thing I wanted to cover on your uh, certs, your your handgun ones, from looking at your site, they're like a complete – total uh, mock-up handgun. So the whole, if you buy that, you get the whole uh, thing. The ones for the AR, it's a bolt that it would insert into the shooter's existing AR so they can train with their actual weapon. That is correct. And it, it's kind of funny. It, it, both of them drive for the same principle of, of lowering barriers to entry to get your drive fire in, but they're almost done completely opposite, one being a you know built from the ground up with pistols, and the bolt being a retrofit. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I mentioned before that the pistol's built from the ground up is so it's convenience. You just grab it and go. I can yeah. be training in two seconds. Even right here in the office, I can grab my cert, do some strong hand only, and, and bam, you know, I, that, those are some quality good reps. The bolt, the reason it's, 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 it's just a, it, it's made to retrofit is, is for one, the, the first install is kind of a pain because there's so many different trigger mods and, and things like that. So we're working on, we have the, the, the interactive e-learning thing out now to, to help people do that first install. Cause a lot of people, if they don't get it in 10 minutes, they kind of get frustrated. So we're yeah. trying to manage expectations. Hey, look, the first time budget an hour to get it in and get it calibrated. But after that, it's pop it in, pop it out, you know. But but it, it it's me to, to one. It's kind of cool. You don't take out your trigger set, so you pop it in, and you pop in a trigger bar. All right, uh, you just take your bolt and charge handle out, and your trigger in your lower turns into a resetting trigger. So you don't have to rack that bolt each time. Okay, it's going to feel different, of course. In fact, we you know this is actually a, a project for it's actually a project we were funded to to, to do for uh, the government through uh, you know the, the funding mechanism there at Tiswig. Um, the first ones have felt a little bit too good, so the, the trigger's a little bit crummy. It's supposed to be like that six-pound break, like a mil-spec trigger. And honestly, I'm always for a heavier trigger pull on my training pistols. My training pistols are 10 pounds. I was trained this morning with a 12-pound cert. Uh, then I go to my six-pound Glock 19, and, and it, you know, it's, it's like nothing. I got, I got It's like butter, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of not adjusting your training pistols to your gun. Make them heavier, make them crummier, and your trigger mechanics get all that better. Uh, that's kind of the side, but the well, it bolt, makes sense though. It's just like the shot put guy that throws a shot put that's three pounds heavier when he's training. You do that, and then on the other extreme, um, I have the privilege to do this with the obviously grabbing certs out of the warehouse here, but but uh, I'll have some really light triggers too. Uh, and I'll really hammer that speed. It's kind of like using, um, oh, like if you're swinging a baseball, sometimes you put the rubber bands like in, in towards the direction. Yep. So you actually go faster as you whip your hands. So you're whipping your hands, you know, in the, in the, and, and it, it almost, you know, there's some weird neurological stuff, I think, that goes on there. So, you know, but, but anyhow, that's getting into the weeds of, of some high, you know, I'm training, but, but, uh, but the bolt, the, the, the bolt, when you retrofit that into your AR, I mean, I, I like to challenge a lot of people, like how proficient they are at just working their selector switch. 
you know, popping it off, popping that damn safety off, you know, transitioning that gun up and sending it around. Don't over-transition the gun. You know, you over-transition and pull back down, you know, but but really manipulate your AR with your optic and your upper and, and your all your paraphernalia and furniture that you put on the foregrip. So it's a beautiful product just to promote people to use their AR more. And you talked about, like, how you can't really go out and, and shoot in your dad's backyard. Well, shoot, you know, like a lot of, particularly with AR where recoil is not as big of a deal, um, you know, with the rifle, think of all the manipulation skills you can get, you know, as far as just like, you know, doing some awkward shooting, working your offset around a barricade. So, you know, a lot of times you think that you see it with your scope, boom, you send it, and there's a laser pulse, you know, right in the barricade, right in front of you, if that makes sense, you know, because yeah. we don't have respect for that two-inch or so offset. So there's just a ton of training we can get with our AR, and it makes it fun. I guess that's the thing, you know. I mean, and again, you know, a lot of people are much, you know, want to, you know, maybe say that. <laughs> the reality is, like, when, when it's fun, I do way more rifle craft now because of that bolt. And honestly, I'm not a rifle guy. I just, I'm infatuated with pistols. Rifles don't, don't flip the switch like a pistol does. So it's a, it's a cool product. I'm not trying to, you know, make a plug here, but I'm just no, really it's excited. Fine too. I want people to know about it because I think most of the audience, it would have, would have had no idea had we not had you on the air that this even was out there. Yeah, we haven't really done the hard marketing push on it. It's kind of been organic. And honestly, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're trying to, the biggest deficiency we have in that product right now is that initial install. Because people want it, they want it in there right now, and, and we're trying to manage expectations. Say, look, you gotta, you know, it's gonna take a little bit of time. Mess around with it for a while the first time. You, you do. You got there's a little pin in there. You got to lengthen and shorten because everyone has a different, you know, because your record fit into every AR, right? And think of the yeah. different ARs and trigger groups and and lowers. I mean, it's the the lower, you know, things are not really truly mil spec. So, um, you, you know, we're, we're trying to crack the code on make it. You know, retrofitable to that large number with a minimal amount of, of, um, of, uh, you know, of, of intervention from the, of the end user. So we're cracking the code on that, uh, for sure. But it's, it's cool, man. I'm, I'm excited on that product because it's, uh, I just think, I just envision people using their AR, uh, so much more, uh, you know, and working from like your, your primary to your, to your secondary with your, your pistol and, and dropping it and, why you, why you work that safety and, and going from strong shoulder to weak shoulder. There's, there's so much to train with that manipulation, which honestly we just don't do. And I understand it because it kind of, I, I hated tra- dry firing with the AR, you know, before this product. It was boring. I, you know, I crack, I click, and I gotta undo it, I gotta rack that charge channel back again, and click, and just like, ah, oh, I guess it's boring. But it, all of a sudden that. It's fine for trigger control exercises and stuff like that, but it's not, it's not realistic training because well, there's a reason we made it a semi-automatic carbine instead of a, you know, it, you're basically using it like one of the old Swiss straight pull bolts. It, it, it's not designed to be used that way. You know, it's 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 not, you know, definitely, and and it's 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 more, you know, that that the training. I mean, training has to be complete. So there's no, you know, training scars. I mean, it's uh. Uh, yeah, you know, clicking and racking a bolt. Would you do that? You know, under stress. Yeah, you know, I, you know I, I don't know. Uh, but really honestly, it's more, it's more, I mean, think about it. If you break it down, if you're going to pick it up, and I like to break it down like this, Jack, like our training, our training has to be cut down in like two to five minute increments. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, let's just be realistic. I mean, with, you got Little League, you got, you know, you, you got, uh, 
you know, like this show, you got this, you got to work out, we got to stretch out a little bit, we got to do the, I mean, it's, it's, we got all these obligations. Cut the you know? grass, you know. Yeah, exactly. Get the kids to school, you know, it, we have, we have these things called lives, they get in the way of everything. <laughs> exactly, and it's all important. We gotta be realistic on this stuff. So how do we, how do we crack the code on training? And it's not just, okay, here's something, you gotta drive this, there's all these bookends, the bookends of overhead of drive here, do this, set this up, these out of pockets, this planning, shit. You know, it doesn't happen. You know, so, you know, we, you gotta be realistic. So when we get all this manipulation skills in, you know, upstream from that, and I'm talking, like, I'm literally talking within five minutes. I'm talking within two minutes. You can get some training in within two minutes. A little bit more for, like, the AR, because you gotta, still gotta put it somewhere and, and work logistics out on that a little yeah. bit, how you, how you manage that in your house or in your garage. But, but, you know, then the other big element of that is make that training sustainable by, it has to be rewarding. You know, we have to kind of see gains. And, and if you have the right protocols, some of the material we're putting out now, you recognize your deficiencies. And when you go to the range, you may only have 50 rounds, but in 90 minutes, you can spend 50 rounds. You could be sweating your tail off with drills, and you do a lot of dry and live fire. There's some protocol to that, and you get an immense amount of, of you training in that, say, for example, hour and a half, you know, out on the range. So it's exciting, man. I, 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 I just think training can be so much more than it is right now, and, and utilizing present resources. Like, like I'm not a trainer myself, or I'm out pounding, you know, teaching classes all the time. You know, I'm more of a, you know, I'll train people, but I usually experiment on them, like some different, you know, different drills and such to see what kind of responses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of our business interest to support trainers out there all the more. So it's, uh, it, it's kind of a cool spot to be in. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being with us today. You want to tell people uh, your website? Uh, so they can get by there and check out all your cool stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It's nextleveltraining.com. Um, it's nextleveltraining, all one word. Or you can also search in there, cert, you know, cert training pistol, cert bolt, that's S-I-R-T, for shot, indicating, resetting trigger. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, let me check it out. I have a ton. We have a lot of training content and videos, like a ton were put on there. And our new material, where the more interactive um, interface. I'm really excited on that because now we're now I think we're getting to a whole new level where end users can kind of just log on, check it out, and 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 start this start 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 along a path of of of, of recognizing their deficiencies, remedying in them, and 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 continuing that kind of cycle, that motivational cycle. Well, absolutely awesome, and I'll put links to uh, Mike's website, his blog, his uh, Facebook page, all that good stuff in the show notes for you guys uh, today as well. And again, Mike, uh, thank you for being on the show with us today. Oh, thank you. It's my honor. My pleasure. All right, folks, and with that, this has been Jack Spierko today along with Mike Hughes, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. We forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer. It's like there's nothing I can do. It's the price we pay, I guess, when we follow all the rules. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Hey!